Hey everyone, welcome back to Rally Caps. It's a podcast for artists, entrepreneurs, and everybody in between. I'm Steven. And I'm Eric. And Steven, why are we not in the set today? Well, that's because we have terrible internet in our studio upstairs, so we're <laughs> doing it downstairs instead, where it's closer to the internet, because we have a remote guest with us today. Our dear friend Sam Elkins is back on the show. What's up, Sam? Woo! How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me back. Good to see you, dude. It's been, I think, th- like three years it's, it's been since a while. the last episode. It's been a minute. It's, which is crazy to think about. It was back when you were like 17 or something. <laughs> I think it was probably, I'm trying to think. I think it was like pre-COVID. It was probably like 20, 2019, maybe something yeah. like that. Yeah. Which so is crazy to think about. Was it like, when did we go to your like garage studio? What year was that? Was 2019? That was 2020. Dude, that was crazy. Yeah. We right visited you in LA. Uh, right before it was literally like three weeks before COVID yep. hit. That's right. Yep. That's right. Yeah. That yes. was when I, yeah. Which I had, was uh, nuts. Yeah. I had that house. And I think when we did the interview, um, I had moved into like a studio space um, and I was yes. recording, I think from there. Yeah. And then now I have another, oh, another, yeah. another spot. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, that's right. That was the, um, the LA spot that you had for, was it like a year or two? Yeah. So it was like a, this, it was like a studio. F- yeah. Photo studio and that kind of YouTube, uh, production area that we like Thomas was working there with me a lot. And yeah, I think I had that for oh. a little over a year and I signed a two year lease, that's which right. honestly was pretty bold. Like, during COVID and I was like, you know what? Like yeah. let's, uh, let's consolidate. <laughs> so I got rid of that and then moved back into a home office. And I feel like it's been kind of back and forth ever since I moved to LA. I've had like, you know, yeah. a studio and then a home office and the studio and then a home office, but you know, you can't have both, I guess. So <laughs> how are you liking the home office phase right now? It's actually really nice. I mean, I feel like this angle is, you know, anyone who watches my YouTube stuff, like this is pretty much the only angle I shoot with. And it's kind of nice. I mean, I don't even have a light. I just kind of use the window as my, <laughs> my source of light. And I've simplified things mm-hmm. a lot, but I think in, in a weird way, it works, it works well. Yeah. And if you guys aren't familiar with Sam and his work, um, Sam was one of those uh, early Instagram uh, recommended users and just like absolutely blew up with his incredible work back at, as a teen and then um, has since blossomed into just a wildly successful career on the commercial photography front and YouTube. Um, so yeah, we're, I mean, we're just honored to call you a friend, man, with the, oh, like dude, the likewise. Titan in the industry <laughs> that you are. Um, but like, but since our last episode, if, you know, if listeners haven't listened to your first one, we'd love to just dive into like everything that's like, Work-wise, that has changed over the years, and maybe philosophies that have changed. Like as as much as you're willing to share, we'd love to hear how it's evolved, maybe over the past three years. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like I was reflecting because at the end of this month of February, it'll be six years since I moved to LA, um, which is oh, wow, pretty wow. wild to think about. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not like a small chunk of time. And I think when I had first moved to LA, all the previous places I had lived, I'd never really lived for more than about a year. So. I was bouncing around a lot and I feel like this is the first place it feels like home, uh, which obviously feels great. But I think I was also reflecting, you know, professionally more so on like how much has changed since I moved here. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's been great. You know, I think it's been a much slower trajectory than I think I would have thought when I moved here, I kind of moved here. I think guns blazing like, Oh, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to, you know, LA's LA and me are going to, you know, <laughs> tag team it and we're going to, you know, shoot for the stars. But I, <laughs> I think I got humbled really quick when I first moved here and, you know, honestly, one of the best things that ever happened to me. Uh, and I just kind of got, you know, for lack of a better word, put in my place a little bit. And I was like, wow, I, this is not like a small town. This is where 
kind of mm. everyone lives and everyone comes through and it's a you know this massive creative hub in that sense so i think it's been interesting to for me to look at the the journey from that you know and i think over the last three years since we've talked i think a lot has changed but a lot you know hasn't uh i think i'm still doing similar things but i've definitely been refining uh a lot more and i feel like i've been focused a lot more on the commercial side of things that's definitely something that i've really wanted mm -hmm. to build um ever since moving here and i would say halfway through my journey to la i i realized that like doing the influencer stuff on instagram like there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever i just felt like it wasn't like sustainable for me like i don't love being like the mm. face of things and i don't love yeah. um, as, as funny as it is having a youtube channel like it's really hard for me to to be like the face of, of stuff because i love just taking yeah. pictures you know and so i think i've really pulled back that in a sense and really kind of focused my energy on commercial uh, editorial stuff and also uh, obviously my youtube channel um, but it's you know i think it's come in waves you know it's there's been certain years where i've focused on other things and there's been other years where i've really dove into the YouTube channel and just give that my all. So um, it's been, it's been quite the, quite the six years to say the least. That's crazy that it's already been six years. Where had you moved previous from that? You said there's only like year long stints that you were living in different places. Seattle, right? Was it, was it Pacific Northwest? Yeah. So I grew up, I grew up just South of Seattle. Um, and then cool. right after high school is when I got started pretty young. So I moved out right after high school to Portland. Yeah. Um, I lived yeah, there yeah. for just about a year and then I lived in San Francisco for just about a year or so. And, uh, I lived in Utah before I moved to LA. So that was like a very random, okay. but very fun place that I got to go home for a little bit. That was probably like a year and a half or so. Mm -hmm. And then finally moving down to LA. Um, I'm actually pretty glad cool. that I <laughs> was able to kind of push the LA move a little bit until I got a little older. Cause I think it's definitely a place that mm. can swallow you up a little bit. If you're not like kind of with it or with, you know, kind of know who you are uh, at least as much as you can. Yeah. Um, so yeah. looking back, I think it happened the way that it, it should, which is nice. Totally. Well, yeah. I'm sure you felt like a lot of confidence coming out of your late teen years with like how much Instagram was blowing up, how many deals you were doing, all that stuff. So totally. did you, did you have, did you feel like that confidence going into LA at that time is what, made you feel so like I guess creative culture shock once you got there like what what could you just expand on that a little bit of course yeah I mean I think like financially and like you know how like that was like really the golden age of for me like mm. getting paid to post on Instagram so the money was mm. flowing which was awesome but it wasn't what I you know I, I didn't understand that there was a whole nother world to photography that wasn't just this tiny little micro bubble of Instagram um yeah so I didn't understand that. And I also didn't understand how Instagram was going to change, you know, and um, now obviously much more focused towards video, um, short form video at that. At that. Um, and I, you know, I had been at it already for quite a while and I've seen Instagram obviously evolve over the years. Uh, but I think it's definitely changed a considerable amount since I got here. And, you know, I think when I first arrived, uh, I realized that there was so much more to photography than what I had originally thought, which was really exciting, but also kind of, you know, scary at the same time. I was like, wow, I have a lot yeah. to learn. <laughs> um, yeah. but I really kind of took that as a challenge and I've, I really feel like I've learned so much over the last, you know, six or so years since living here. Cause I've, I feel like I've really tried to be a sponge and learn, you know, I realized I didn't even know how to use a strobe. I didn't know how to use, you know, I didn't even know how to tether my camera. I didn't know how to do any of this. And, you know, I think, there's this weird kind of like thing with creative people that you think you have to know all this. And so, you know, you just kind of say, you know how to do everything. And like, I 
tried to do the opposite. I was like, I don't know how to do any of this. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to even turn a strobe on. I don't know how to connect it. I don't know what a sync speed means. Like not, none of that. Right. So like, I, I really wanted to learn, uh, what, you know, how that all worked. Um, and I think, you know, if there was going to be any tidbits of advice that I would say from that, like, you know, be as much of a sponge as you can. Cause I think you can learn a considerable amount. I mean, yeah. Instead of trying to overcome imposter syndrome with yeah. like yeah. Yes. false confidence, yes. just like being open and honest about the fact like, no, actually, I, I don't know this thing. Could you could you show me? Can well, I watch you? Can I, I help you for free? I like, think it's really attractive to people to see yeah. someone like that because they're especially probably somewhere like L.A. where everyone's just like exuding confidence all the time, yep. maybe falsely, Yep. you know, to be someone that's stepping into the ring and just being like, hey, I just want to work hard and learn and be here. And I'm sure that is a, a magnetizing thing for people who are similar to you mm-hmm. in those spaces. Um, it was so interesting before we jumped on the call. I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode with Braxton in our studio. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, like I remember his, him. He, he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, Sam like changed my whole life, honestly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like just one mentor call you had with Damn, him. Damn man. Oh, that's, which was that's like, amazing to hear. Yeah, it was like a 45 minute time slot. You guys ended up talking for like two hours and (laughs) and then he like moved to Chicago and now he's like has a wildly successful business here. Dude, that's incredible, man. uh, Thriving in the studio. So, yeah. Is he there? Is he working there with you guys? He's mm-hmm. in the other room. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, right on. That's so cool. <laughs> I would totally remember him. I remember he like he was living somewhere else and he wanted to move to like a bigger market. And I was like, well, you're pretty close to Chicago. Like I know all these guys that live there. And like, that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah. He actually did it. Actually took the leap. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I, yeah. I love it. Yeah. He. Yeah. He's such a, a good example of that kind of story where like if you feel like you're stuck in a physical location mm-hmm. with creative work, like there's only so much to pull from. He just... He, he took a risk, but like kudos to him, very similar to you, just came with a lot of humility and was ready to just jump in and give his time and energy. So he, he worked for me first for a while for what, like eight months, something like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then just like very quickly after that transition to his own Dude, that's so cool. his own brand. So yeah. That's amazing. Oh, good for him. It- this is going to be the real test to see if our friends listen to our podcast because we're not going to tell Braxton that we're talking about him right now. We'll see if he just happens to be listening to the episode and he'll have to bring this up himself. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. Braxton, comment something sarcastic down below on the YouTube video. If you're hey, listening. We can, we can do that on Spotify now. We'll, oh, make, nice. we'll make it something funny. Okay. People can add comments on Spotify great. podcast episodes now. So we'll, That's uh, great. we'll have a little, a little something there. See if Braxton notices. But Sam, you mentioned your, your YouTube channel. I know we talked about it like three years ago too when uh, we had that first episode together. Um, but wanted to first congratulate you on recently crossing 200K, which is super exciting. Yeah, thank That's you. Awesome milestone for you. I know, I feel like you were probably around like about half that, I think when we last chatted like three years ago. So it's one, really cool to see that growth. It's extremely well-deserved. Um, but also I think it's really cool the direction that you've had for your channel for a while, but especially lately, um, in regards to the type of videos that you're making, the subject matter that you're covering also, cause it feels very photo first, like as far as being on a video platform, like totally. you really make your photo work and your portfolio work such a central piece of what you're doing. Um, do you have like a philosophy behind like the way you approach making YouTube videos or like the type of stuff that you want to discuss on your channel in the first place? It's honestly a great question, but I mean, thank you. First and foremost, I, I feel like YouTube is, it's such a interesting beast for me, you know, cause I, 
Mm-hmm. I kind of made my first initial videos on there without really thinking that anything was going to happen. And then, uh, really, you know, a quick fast forward to, uh, the pandemic, I wasn't getting a ton of photography work and my YouTube channel had started to grow pretty well from there. And, um, I met this guy named Thomas, obviously you guys, you know, are very familiar with him, Thomas Kovacic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, I've worked, I've had the really wonderful fortune of working with so many talented people to build this channel. Like it's definitely not just me. Like I've had so many people help me film stuff over the years. And Thomas has been like kind of my go-to guy for the last like four years, I would say now. And he really, wow. I think, yeah, he helped me really, I think, elevate the quality of what I was doing and give it a little bit more of the feeling that I was going for. Um, I wanted it mm-hmm. to feel more of like docu style, less like YouTube for in, you know, in that sense. And I didn't want the quick yeah. cuts. I didn't want the jump cuts. I didn't want any of that. I wanted it to feel kind of as natural and for lack of a better word, organic as possible, you know? And I feel like Thomas really kind of brought that to the table. Um, and you know, fast forward, obviously we, I had, we had worked together really closely, uh, actually throughout, 2020 and most of 2021 uh, not quite like full-time i would say but you know he was pretty basically like on call i would say we were filming like you know four or five videos a month and it was a lot of work um and i took a big kind of financial leap hiring him as much as i was and you know it really paid off obviously for both of us i feel like he was able to elevate his career a lot as well um so thomas if you're listening (laughs) love you brother uh but i think you know (laughs) for me YouTube recently, I think I've kind of turned a new chapter with it. I think I was getting pretty burnt out on doing the stuff that we were doing, the kinds of stuff that we were doing. Um, so I wanted it to feel a little more personal. So like I would say for the last year or so now, I've been editing and shooting pretty much all my videos and not nothing okay. to nothing to do with uh, Thomas on a personal level. It's just I felt like I needed to have a little more soul in my videos and like, you know, my personal touch and the edit process, especially. Um, so I felt like that was a good way to do that. And it's I feel like it's been working. Um, I'm definitely not the kind of guy I think that's like, I'm not focused on quick growth with the channel. I think I'm really trying to focus on slow, long-term growth. Like I'm not looking for videos to get a couple hundred thousand views if they do great. But I think I see much more of like a slow burn with YouTube and uh, there's a lot of stuff that I want to do. But I think, you know, those kinds of videos cost a lot of money. We did this uh, really cool series (laughs) called Field Trips, which was one of my favorite things Mm -hmm. we've ever done. Um, And, you know, Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people ask me why we haven't continued that and to be honest with you, it just costs a lot of money to do it. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't think people in general realize how much goes into like well-produced YouTube videos. Um, it's a lot yeah. of work. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of equipment, uh, much more than photography. You know, I can show up to a photo shoot with a camera and two lenses and a couple batteries. And that's for the most part all you need. <laughs> but video yeah. is just, oh, man, it's been a whole different beast, like learning how to do that. So uh, it's been cool re- lately, though. I think I've really actually leaned in a lot to shooting on my phone. So I got like the new uh, iPhone 15 Pro and it shoots in log, which honestly, it looks really good. And I've been kind of recapping a lot more of my trips because I felt like for me, you know, my, I was looking for my kind of niche with YouTube and what, what I bring to the table that's different. And I felt like, you know, I'm actually working, I'm doing shoots. So I felt like that was cool. And that was, you know, something I could yes. talk about. And I think another important component or something that I love is obviously just personal travel. Like I, I love to travel as much as I can. And I felt like bringing a big camera on trips, especially personal trips was not, I don't know. It felt like it took away from the moment. So I, I think for those kinds of trips, having something like this has been a really big game changer for me to be able to kind of recap a trip and share photos. Uh, because Steven, as you said, I want it to be kind of photo focused. I, I, I love mm-hmm. photography and I want to be able to share that love. You know, I'm, I, as much as I love filmmaking, I wouldn't consider myself a filmmaker. Like I don't, I don't know nearly as much, you know, I would say like 
I know maybe like a 20th or a 10th of what I do about photography, but it's fun. You know, I, I really do enjoy the, the whole process of it. And I think it's been actually looking back a really uh, great thing that I've decided to embark on. Yeah, it feels like that in particular, uh, an iPhone that could shoot log and look as good as it does now is like Dude, I know. this crazy like democratization of the, the medium now where like yes. it is now... And I think that it, it coincides with a huge transformation with the internet and content creation and YouTube in general, where for years now, like, and we're all seeing it and feeling it in the world of YouTube, seeing audience just kind of like wane and not be interested or dissipate, um, not the kind of same explosive growth through the, you know, the Peter McKinnon era, you know, totally. of, of absolutely all that <laughs> happening. And so it's just, it's so cool to see you do what you do and hear that philosophy as well, because I think so much of the audience on these platforms now, I guess, I guess not Instagram with it being so short form or because of Instagram, in spite of it, people are totally. looking for something so much longer form. And yeah, I've been dwelling on that a lot recently of what kind of things can I make? I haven't been making stuff on my main channel really much at all just because I feel so paralyzed because I'm developing this new philosophy of, well, what am I making it about? Like, mm -hmm. I just, I want to document something that's happening in the real world. I don't want to just like, I don't necessarily have the drive to make something for YouTube at this point. Totally. Whereas like, agree. it's, it's hard. Cause like I built the entire career on that. It's like, what video can I make to, get traction, get views. And not that that's an empty pursuit. Like that was, those videos are insanely helpful to people. They're tutorials, they're short oh, yeah. films, they're all these things. Um, but I'm like, I'm much more going into this year, looking into completely revisiting it in a similar way of like, okay, what are the cool things I'm able to do in my day-to-day -day life and work and mm -hmm. lifestyle that might be really cool to document. So yeah, I'm excited to jump into more long form stuff that can hopefully um, cater to a crowd that's looking to. Dude, yeah, that. I feel like your stuff is. I mean, at least personally for me, has always looked so polished and great. And I feel like if you bring that to something like that, you're like really personally interested in. You know, I bring your own personal interest into it. Like, I think that's been a big shift for me too. Is try to just include as much of my own, you know, without sharing too much of my own personal life. Like, just bring in like things that make me me, right? And like, I think for you as well. Like, I, I, as a viewer of your stuff, like, I would love to see that. Appreciate that, man. I. It's funny. I feel like this is a a small note from that. Like, I just recently watched your portfolio in review, like your revamped website mm -hmm. video, and I just loved how just like calm the entire beginning of it is and how you like just lay the little like Palo Santo and it's like a little smoke coming up and everything. I was <laughs> totally. like, Oh, this guy, he, he's, he's like, I'm spending an afternoon with Sam, just like checking out his photos with him, hanging out. It felt very personal and it mm -hmm. felt like I was kind of like a glimpse into what a, a day for you working at your studio would look like. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think like I never really like actually did this, but I think I thought when I started YouTube that I needed to be like this bright, explosive person. And, you know, for anyone who knows me personally, yeah. that's just not me. Like I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm, a, I'm usually one of the quieter guys in the room. And, you know, I, I, 
realized, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, I'm like, I don't need to be, I just be me. I can, you know, I used to get, I'll get a comment every once in a while. Someone's like, be a little more excited when you talk. I'm like, dude, this is how I talk. Like, if you don't want to watch it, I couldn't care less. Like, honestly, like, <laughs> so I think for me, I I've tried really hard to just bring that to life. You know, like I love the calm energy that I have on a day-to-day basis. And I want to be able to bring that through a little more in my videos. Um, so I appreciate yeah. that. So to transition into that, like, how do you feel as YouTube on, as a platform? Like, is it something you're excited about? Like, are you, or, or the percentage of work that you do? Like, what, what is that breakdown? And, you know, what do you, what do you look at um, as kind of like a beacon of hope for the future with your career specifically? Yeah, I think, you know, YouTube, uh, I think it's one of those things that it will reward you the more effort you put into it. And I think once you're at a certain point, it's only going to get better. Uh, I think it's just one of those platforms that really, you know, out of all the social media platforms out there, I would say that's the one I see as the most future proof. Um, I think it has a lot more kind of potential to continue to grow. And it's the only one for the most part focused on long form stuff. Like it's the only platform where people still watch a two hour video or a half an hour video, you know, like there's nothing else like it. And I don't, I I see, you know, and and in that sense, I, I see, you know, for myself putting effort into it, I think that's completely worth it. Um, I'm not going to like completely switch over and just do YouTube. I think it's always going to be like a, you know, a component of what I do. I don't really see it overtaking more than like 50% of my business. You know, um, I would say like, the sponsorships I get on there are, are wonderful. And it's like, that really does allow me to make the stuff that I want to make. You know, if I can travel somewhere, mm-hmm. if I can review a camera, um, you know, if I want to buy some film and go shoot something like I can, I can do that kind of stuff, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think that does allow me to make better videos in the long run. Um, but I definitely see it more as like a, kind of like a, a side piece to the photography journey. Like I've, I've, I feel like I've been at photography so long that, you know, if I were to give up now or like switch my focus, I, I'd be pretty like upset with myself, I think in the long run. So I, I really want to, mm. I guess what I'm trying to say is see the photography journey through, I can see what I can do still. Like I want to, you know, put as much effort as I can into that while still, you know, I think YouTube for me is one of those things that I can, I can maintain on the side pretty well. Like it's not something that needs my undivided attention at this point, because I know the kind of videos I want to make. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, could I drop everything and make a ton more videos and, you know, make more money and all that stuff, of course. But like, I I don't see it, you know, I see myself more as like a two to three video kind of month guy from here on out for the most part. And, um, obviously as the channel grows, I'd love to be able to, um, hire people again and like really make those high quality videos that I would love to eventually make the longer form stuff, um, in the future. But I think that's kind of where I'm at with it now. Like it's, it's definitely important, but it's not something that I can really ever see taking over, um, the photography side of the business for me. So as far as like, like the relationship between your, your photo work and your YouTube channel, have you gotten any photo based clients because of your YouTube channel? Like have brands seen your videos and seen your work via your YouTube channel and said, Hey, we actually want to commission you for this campaign for X, Y, and Z product or whatever it is. You know, it's really interesting. Like you wouldn't think so, but yes, it'll happen. It's happened a couple of times on bigger shoots actually. And, um, there was actually a time last year or there's a, a client in particular, uh, where there's someone on the team that uh, really pushed for me to get hired early on. And, um, I found out when we were started to shoot that he watches my YouTube videos and I was like, wow, man, that's so mm. cool. And I had never put those two together. Um, but it weirdly kind of motivated me to keep doing it. Cause I'm like, you know, 
at the end of the day, like, especially if I'm sharing the stuff that I want and like, I'm, you know, proud of the work that I have and especially like, you know, videos like the portfolio video, like that's only going to reach more people. So at the end of the day, like it's not, I, it, to me, it's just more of like more eyes on it, which is great. Um, yeah. I don't think they're like directly correlated, but I do think it's interesting how, you know, they are a little bit, they're all kind of somewhat in a similar, uh, sphere so to speak uh, you never know who's watching and it could just be such a sane insane marketing tool with you know keeping somewhat regular consistency going with it and sharing the things that you care about so that it resonates with those choice few that might want to book you for more work uh when it comes to your photographic work you just as an art form if we look at long term, like what do you, what do you feel like some of your really long term goals are with photography? Like, do you do you think decades down the road about like what your photography work can mean? You know, the the closer we worked to Joe, all the, the past two years, like that was very very clearly present with him with Leica galleries and like mm-hmm. displaying his work and making photo books, and he very much cares about the legacy of the of of his whole body of work. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to hear like what what your take is on that. Like if you feel that way about any commercial stuff you do, or maybe it's landscapes in your travel or you know. Totally. Yeah, I think like the one like, you know, type of photography I think that will stand the test of time for me definitely is like the landscape and travel stuff. Um I would always love to do that and I definitely would love to make books. Um I'm in the process for sure of like pulling I've just Basically, there's a massive stretch of ocean between where I grew up and where I live now, and I've driven pretty much every mile of it, you know, 50 or so times, because I I do the drive to Seattle quite a bit, I would say maybe two or three times a year, not in like a straight shot, I usually take like a week or so and do it, Um, and I have just so many photos of the coast of California, Oregon, Washington, that I would love to eventually put together into a a really thick coffee table book and make a, you know, make a show, Um, so that kind of stuff to me. Yeah. That's a rough yeah. life for you, huh? <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's pretty nice. But it's, I would say like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's not gorgeous at all. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh but that for me is uh, you know, the books of the landscape and the travel stuff is definitely something that I would love to do. I'd love to have, you know, several books over the years of of different places that I really feel drawn to. Um my girlfriend and I took a trip to Mallorca last summer and that was one of my favorite places I've ever been. It's like one of the islands off the coast of Spain and I definitely would love yeah. to go back there and shoot some landscape uh, travel stuff of mm. there. But, you know, kind of places that I feel called to. Like, I I definitely, there's certain places I've been where I'd love to go back and shoot more of um, an actual project there. Um, I think the commercial stuff or even, like, the editorial, the portrait stuff, like, I think that is great right now. Um, I could totally see it continuing to uh, grow. And, you know, I obviously love taking portraits and love doing jobs, but I I feel like the real love on my person on the personal side is definitely like the travel and the landscape stuff. So, um, I would love to have a really cool body of work someday of like all the places I've been and all the different landscape imagery. Yes, please, please make that. Yes, please. That would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We're, we are eagerly awaiting that. That would be incredible. Right on. (laughs) I feel like something that a lot of people have like clung to with your photo work in particular is like, not just your compositions, but also the colors that you, you mm-hmm. edit in and the way that you kind of like work these images and get like these really gorgeous colors and tones out of them. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed anything in your photo style that has evolved over the years? Cause I feel like every time I open Instagram, I see your photos. I'm like, Oh, that's 
clearly a Sam photo. Like there's something so easily identifiable about your style, but at the same time, like there ha there, there have been changes to it over the years and it has evolved and you've oh, yeah. grown a ton. How would you describe some of those changes like on a visual level? Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's great. You say that. I feel like I, that's one of the biggest changes I feel like I've made. Um, I think mm. when I first started, I was actually funny enough going through a lot of old work last night and it was, it was very fun to do. So I'd encourage anybody who's been photographing for even a couple of years to just go back and look at some stuff. And I was going through some old photos from like 2014, 2013, like we're talking like wow. almost 10 years ago, like, and, Jeez. uh, you know, obviously the compositions have changed a lot, but I think, <clears throat> I think it's the way in which I shoot. I, to be honest, the first several years I took photos, you know, growing up in Seattle where it rains all the time, I was pretty like, I want to say afraid, but I didn't, I was very uncomfortable shooting in like sunlight. I didn't know how to manipulate mm. sun or work with natural light. And I feel like that's been the biggest growth for me is I, I prefer it now. Like I, I feel like I work so well with natural light now and it's definitely like my favorite way to work. And you know, either it, whether it's natural light or, you know, strobe, uh, constant light, whatever it may be, all that kind of working together, uh, that to me has been, uh, I think the biggest growth that I've seen as a photographer. And I think that in tandem with, you know, my knowledge of color and like really diving into like, I want, I think I kind of sat myself down when film prices were going up so much. I'm like, all right, you got to learn how to make your digital stuff look mm. just as good, if not better <laughs> than this. Cause I can't afford it and it's too expensive. So I'm out, mm -hmm. my Mamiya sevens back there. It's just, you know, I shoot it very occasionally and I love that camera, but it's, it's so unrealistic to shoot that, you know? And as much as I love to shoot, like I, I shoot a lot. So I, I felt like I needed to learn the digital side, um, really well. And so I, mm. I've been focused on mainly Fuji for a while, like using the GFX systems. And I've had a GFX now for probably different iterations, obviously, but for the last, maybe, I don't know, three, four years at least. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those cameras, uh, I'm obviously biased, but for my personal style, like the color you can get out of those raw files is just unbelievable. Um, so mm -hmm. I felt like I can get the best color that I like and that I want out of them. And um, now that I've been using them so much, mainly as my main cameras, uh, I also I have an X-T5 as well, which is a little APS-C sensor. And honestly, the color you can get out of them is is, is pretty amazing. Uh, so I've, I feel like that in tandem with my knowledge of light and how to manipulate it has been definitely my biggest growth. Um, but I am so focused on everything looking consistent. Like I want everything on my website to look very consistent. Like I don't want it to feel one photo's here. One photo is just way over in this other kind of color space, or it doesn't look like the rest of the stuff. So I, I'd really take my time to make sure that, you know, all the way that I'm shooting, and this is for client jobs as well. Um, the way that I'm shooting really fits, um, you know, the final edit so I can really bring it to life. I mean, it really pays off, man. Like it's, it is honestly unbelievable to see the level of consistency that you have achieved across everything. Cause again, just referring back to your portfolio video, like looking at the images, even in the video and then going to your site directly and scrolling through them there, like it looks like they were all like shot in the same day with the same lighting setup. Like you've, you've like achieved this incredible color accuracy and consistency across everything. And it's also your compositions and your style. But uh, it's just, it's really impressive because you don't see that, I feel like, as much anymore. Uh, so. Thank you. Well done, yeah. man. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Do you feel like there is a path for people who want to do the kind of work that you do? So I guess on the commercial front, the travel front, all your still stills work can do it without needing to involve video at all. Hmm. 
I mean, I would say like 90% of the sets that I do are photo and video tandem. Like I, th- I don't think mm-hmm. like a true photography set exists that much anymore. I think in the day or the day and age we live in now, video is such an important component. Um, and I would say Thomas for the most part is usually alongside me. Like he's there for the YouTube videos. He's there for the, you know, I shot the biggest job of my life last year and Thomas was there shooting video alongside me. So I feel like having him, uh, and this is like, I would say some great advice to people who are looking to build a team and build people around you. Like you got to find people that like have, especially on the video front, a similar style to your, to your photography style. Cause people want to hire one package. So they want the video to look very similar to the, the stills that you're going to be shooting. And I feel like for me, mm-hmm. Thomas fits that very well, both on the color front and the way he shoots and the way that the light is, you know, manipulated. Um, I've found video is incredibly important. So I, it's, it's tough to say, I would almost say no. I think video is almost an, kind of a necessity nowadays, um, especially on the advertising front. And, you know, you bring in YouTube and what, you know, TikTok, whatever it may be. Like, I just think it's such an important component today and I don't think it's going away. So, you know, you can either like kind of embrace it as we all do, or, you know, you can fight it for as long as you want, but the reality is it's, it's coming, you know, I think, and it's, it's good to embrace the new things that come, whether you like them or not, you got to find a way that to make it work for you. Cause I look at, I look at, you know, decades ago and you're, you know, all of your advertising and marketing as a photographer is through print. Totally. And it's not that they were avoiding that, you know, there's probably tons of photographers that were like, I wish I could just exist in my studio and not have to print in totally. magazines and newspapers and, you know, put ads out uh, in classifieds. Totally. But, um, it, it does feel like that's kind of our modern day, mm-hmm. whatever that is. It's like mm-hmm. It may, yeah, it may suck that if you don't want to engage with it that way, but I think the constant reminder is just like, okay, well, how do you make it work for you then? And how do you, how do you make it your voice? How do you make it different? How do you make it sustainable? Um, and then just really understanding that if you want to do stills work, if you want to be a photographer, okay, let's get excited about marketing that through yep. another medium. Totally, man. Bringing bringing Braxton back into the conversation too, funny enough, he and uh, our producer for Alley Caps, Chad, the two of them are starting a wedding brand together that is specifically designed around creating an all-in-one video and photo cohesive package to pitch to couples. It's perfect. Because their photo and video styles are so similar that they're like, well, hey, here we promise you that we're going to give you like your visual package like everything from your day is going to look like the same between your Mm -hmm. photos and your video it's going to be cohesive it's going to look great and every memory that you have from it is going to be documented in the same fashion and it's like such a brilliant idea to pitch it that way because like you said you and thomas going out together you know like side by side shooting together you can guarantee the client like hey we we shoot photo and video same style like you're going to get a totally cohesive package of deliverables at the end of the day. Oh, completely. And I mean, you can apply it to any genre of filmmaking photography. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's just good to have people in your corner that know how to do things the way that you like to do them, especially if you're the one getting hired for it. Um, I think another important component of that is like how you actually physically shoot together. Um, and for Thomas yeah. and I, we're very good at knowing when each other needs to get something. Um, and he can shoot over my shoulder and vice versa. Um, it's, it's very, it's very fluid. 
And I think, you know, especially if you've got a massive uh, day of shooting ahead of you, like you got to feel like you can get everything. And um, so, you know, stylistically, but also, you know, actually like logistically day of like, how are you actually going to shoot together? Um, is so important. That's when like just being friends is, is obviously very helpful. <laughs> it's so spot on. This, I feel like this is another kind of like interesting angle about like the photo and video conversation. Do you feel like in the last year, as you've made more of your videos on your own and shot and edited them, do you feel like shooting video has influenced the way that you take still images? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I would say almost the opposite, actually. Like, I feel like when I started video, like, really? okay. I think, I think photographer and Thomas would say this too. I feel like, I feel like photographers, like they don't know how to like do the movements, but they know composition really well. And mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. for filmmakers going to photography, I would say it's almost, it seems harder because you know, you're not shooting like something moving. You're taking a still frame. And I think, you know, photographer's knowledge of composition, light, all that stuff, it all is the same. It's just a lot more, I'd say video is just a lot more technical. Um, mm. But I would say like definitely my, I, I think I noticed things differently because I've shot video now for a while. Um, you know, you look for more movement, you look for more, you know, patterns and, you know, like light shimmering through, whatever it is. Like I, I definitely think yeah. that that has, you know, encouraged my photography to be a little bit different, but I would say almost the opposite as well. Like photography has definitely really influenced my filmmaking. Super cool. Yeah. Cause I've always found it fascinating to see like really talented cinematographers, DPs approach stills work. Totally. Um, cause yeah, most of the time they're just like absolute rock stars at it. Yeah. And you're yep. like, How? you know, and <laughs> And I feel like a constant thread through that kind of situation is like, is how it's lit most of the time. And it's mm -hmm. in a controlled setting. Exactly. Um, versus, versus kind of more run and gun and like making something look beautiful whenever the case is. I yeah. almost feel like that's the, the trend is like, they might be frozen in the situation yeah. where it's like, all right, you have 10 minutes, <laughs> like. Totally. make something look good yeah. and they can't really control it with yeah. a negative flag and mm -hmm. lighting it exactly how they want. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, yeah. I feel like the few projects that Eric and I have DP'd together, we, I, I think, yeah, like you said, Sam, like the easiest part for us is the composition. We're like, oh, we know how to build a frame. Like we know how to get this looking beautiful as oh, yeah. far as like the, where everything falls into the frame. And then it is the tough part of like, okay, now, how do we light it? How do we rig everything? Because there's like all of the equipment, like you mentioned earlier, really? it's just like so much more stuff involved in it. And oh, that's, dude, it's, it's like so exhausting. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And I, I think it's, it's a under kind of appreciated part of filmmaking. Like there's a lot of filmmakers I know that are just so with it technically. And I'm like, you know, even before we were setting up this podcast, I'm like, is my audio, I think it's working. Like I, I see it recording, but I'm like, you know, like all of them just know all the little nuanced details of, you know, the different kinds of audio, like 32 bit float or whatever. I just don't know any of that stuff. And like, I, I, mm -hmm. I think, you know, photography, you can simplify it a lot, but I think filmmaking, it's, it's very hard to do so because you really do need all these, all this technical knowledge, even simple things like ND filters and shooting, you know, one over 50. Um, it's all things you got to learn, which, you know, it sounds like common sense if you've been doing it for a while, but it's really not to most photographers who are starting. I feel like a great, uh, example of a person like this is our mutual friend, Ben Hess. Mm. Oh, totally. Like he's, he's <laughs> feels like the total embodiment of like, he's got all like, he's a great artist first and foremost, but he has the technical stuff like so locked down. It's oh, crazy. Dude. And the amount of gear that guy, ha like he's literally like a rental house, man. He has the amount of gear that he has is 
wild. <laughs> uh, yes, but, you know, yes. he uses all of it, you know, and it makes sense. Like the fact that he's able to have a purpose for all of those things and use all of them so well and create the projects that he does is just like mind blowing totally. to me. I mean, he's just, he's such a gem in that sense, but it takes so much work and it really does come down to like a team effort and, and filmmaking photo, like tandem environments. Like you really need to have those interpersonal relationships. Like, so oh, absolutely. Down. Yeah. hundred percent. I also learned to not drink um, bubbly water. Oh, you burping during, a lot. I'm burping a oh, lot dude. during this I'm episode. I'm right there with you, man. I, trying, yeah. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I need a bottle of You want a bottle of to, Yeah. I haven't had a Topo Chico in who knows how long. Dozens yeah. are the worst for burping. Dude, I, I yeah, no, we, I hadn't had one in They're probably, so carbonated. They're so carbonated. We had them, uh, we brought them for um, like a creative club like event that we were doing at our studio yesterday. We mm -hmm. had some leftover. We were like, oh, that sounds great. A nice refreshing Topo Chico during a podcast. <laughs> no, I would not recommend that at all. It's I've been burping this entire time. I feel ridiculous. Oh, wow, that is yeah, it's that so is carbonated. insanely carbonated. It's insane. You have more than one sip at uh, once. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, so we're cracking open a cold one. We're getting into the extra innings portion of today. We're clearly uh, just hang. We're just hanging. Sam, what kind of cameras are you just like enjoying using these days? You said yeah, it's like kind of like f not not as much film anymore. You mentioned your Fuji stuff. Um, is there is there um, like what's what's like day to day look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I have I the Fujis for sure are like the Fujis and the R5. So I've, I mean, I'm filming on the R5 right now. Like it's uh, it's just works. You know, it's like I think with Canon, like it's just everything Canon makes. It just works. It's great. Um, I use this, I feel like for the more high fast paced shoots that I need to do as well, like anything involving action, the Fujis yeah. are just a little, especially the GFXs are pretty slow. Right. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the tracking and the autofocus, it's really hard to beat for any sort of action or moving stuff. Um, so I use a combination of that and the GFX, I'd say for jobs. Uh, the X-T5 has been probably my favorite pickup in a long time. Uh, it's Sweet. it's so fun to use. Like it's a, you know, really small camera, but it's 40 megapixels. Um, I kind of got it in place of, I still have a context T3, but I don't use it a ton again, cause film is so pricey. So I, mm -hmm. I bought like a flat, like a vintage kind of Fuji flash from Japan. Uh, I read, did some research and I plopped it on that. And like, honestly, it's the same thing. Like it looks great. Um, and I Whoa. love using that for, you know, parties or, you know, just daily life. Like I, I found that the XT5 is really nice. Um, I love to shoot JPEG on there. I love to shoot raw. Um, uh, but actually for video, it's, this is actually a new pickup. I haven't really tested it yet, but I bought one of those like original black magic pocket cinema cameras. Like the, like the, nice. the oh, 1080 yeah. ones. Like the square ones. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoa. That's awesome. And cause I did some research on it. I'm like, you know, like I love to shoot these like travel films. Like when I go travel, but again, I don't want to bring a massive camera with, you know, huge mic ND filter. I'm like, I don't want like a rig, you know? So I, I felt like that camera it's, it's in my room right now, but it's a, uh, it's very small. Like it's like about the size of my phone and I got a lens coming for yeah. it and I'm just going to see, cause it shoots, it's like a super 16 sensor. So it's kind of an interesting aspect ratio. Um, Whoa. and I'm pretty excited to like, see, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be anything, but I, I definitely am in the market for like another YouTube camera. I feel like the R5 is cool. just a little too bulky. Like I've looked at the, some of the Sony's and um, I'm trying to figure out like what is best, but I think for like the little travel films I want to make, like a $500 camera should be, pretty fun to use <laughs> so i'm excited for that it's well it's, it's really fascinating to see the whole revolution of film that happened yeah, you totally. know, not too long ago 
It feels like now that the prices are skyrocketing, everyone's like, it's not sustainable. We can't do it. It's not that people are leaving film, but it feels no. like everyone's now reverting back to like old yeah. digital mediums. Yep. Yeah, we have vintage digital now. It's like everyone's <laughs> shooting on a camcorder. Yeah. Digicams are super You're popular. Not wrong. Flip, You're not yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, you yeah. know, I have, I, I love film. I mean, I have like so many binders. I talk about that book. Like I, a lot of those shots I think will be on the Mamiya. Uh, and I have all the negatives from the last, you know, five, six years of shooting on it. And that will be very fun to go through. And, you know, I love shooting on that camera, but it's just not very realistic also for the way I like to shoot. Like I want to be able to see what I'm shooting for. And it's not that I can't get the results I want on the Mamiya, but I think a lot of it is, um, it's you're hoping that it works out. Um, you're hoping that, you know, especially if you go to a humid environment, like I've been on trips uh, to Mexico and yeah. uh, I'm actually going on a trip to Guatemala here in a, like at the end of the month. And that those kinds of environments film is terrible for it. Cause it's so humid and it's like, dude, who knows if you're going to get back and they're all going to be washed out. Um, so I think if there's any sort of like, you know, perfect environments, film is wonderful. Uh, and I, I love the way that it looks and the way that it reads light, but um, it just makes a lot more sense. I think to, to shoot, to shoot digitally. Do you feel like on the digital front uh, with a lot of these stills cameras that things are sort of plateauing because I, I feel like the last time we did talk, you were, you were on the far R5 then and it was like, totally that mm-hmm. was on kind of the precipice of it. And it's just, you know, like why you're still using that camera. And I, I just had that idea mm-hmm. the other day, even on the video front too, like every single mirrorless camera gives you 10 bit 422 and like, mm-hmm. you know, virtually everything you'd need yeah. to make a stunning image. Yep. Totally. How do you feel yeah. on that front? What do you, what do you feel like there's advancements in? Do you feel like the GFX series like keeps one upping itself or even the iPhone, like you mentioned earlier with having logs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think especially for video and photo, like every camera is good, man. Like it just is like, and you know, mm-hmm. you can, you can say whatever you want. You can make videos about them. Like I just reviewed the, uh, like I sent me out the Q3 for a couple of weeks and uh, that camera is just, the image quality is unbelievable. Like I just like, there's no bad cameras now, man. Like there's just not. And <laughs> I think people would like to say that there are, and there's massive leaps and bounds. And, you know, it's kind of like, you can always compare it to Apple. Like I think the biggest jump they've ever had was when they started producing their own chips. Um, but I think before that iPhones yeah. and stuff, it wasn't, they're not big jumps year after year. They're meant to be upgraded, you know, after four or five, whatever years. And, you know, in the the economy we live in now, everyone likes to upgrade, you know, yearly. Uh, but I think, yeah, the phone, I, I will say that I've, the new iPhone is, it's exciting. It's surprising. And um, the footage quality you can get on it per res log is, is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, I do think the GFX is what's most exciting to me in the camera market because you have something that's, you know, traditionally to get into a medium format, like a digital medium format kit, you're talking phase ones, house of Blads, unbelievably expensive. You know, a phase one kit could easily be 50, 60 grand. Uh yeah. But you can have a Fuji that is really reasonably priced. It's not exactly the same sensor. It's a little smaller, but the fact that you can shoot 100 megapixels, 102 megapixels, and it, it looks as good as it does is, I think that's really amazing. And you probably couldn't have even imagined that, you know, five years ago. I mean, I think that's when the original 50S came out was roughly around five years ago, but the 100 series is really exciting to me. I'm trying to pick up the new one here, maybe in the next couple months, uh, the new 102 mm. that just came out, because I've heard it's a lot faster. Um, and it has uh, CF type B slot instead of SD, so that's a lot better for the massive files. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think in general, you know, especially like you said, Eric, like for YouTube stuff, like most cameras can shoot 10 bit now, and it looks great. You know, it's like you don't need anything more than that. Everyone's obsessed with 8K this, and you know, like oh, like raw. And I think for like the stuff that I do, at least, like the camera can be very simple. 
Um, obviously there's massive needs. If you're shooting it for work, um, you need different features and stuff, but there's a lot of really amazing cameras out there now, I think. And, uh, you know, even like my little X-T5, I can't tell you how many times I'll post a photo from that. And everyone's like, oh, is this the GFX or, you know, like nobody knows. Right. So it's like, <laughs> it's whatever you think it's whatever you want to use. Like people have no idea for the most part. Like, and it's, it's, I can't even tell sometimes I, I think the GFX, I can definitely tell when I zoom in and I can also tell when there's a certain kind of depth you get with it, um, that you can't really get with other cameras. But it's probably only something that I or other somebody else who shoots with it a lot would notice. Like for the most part, it's you know, mm. it's whatever you like shooting on. You know, does uh, it frustrate you at all with like you know shooting on a hundred series, and then most of the time it's just living on a small screen? Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like uh, <laughs> when you print when you print it, it's pretty. Like I have a huge print of uh, this photo I took in the desert in my in my bedroom and. Uh, I printed it like 40 by 60. It's huge. And uh, you can see every little microscopic detail on there. That's, I think, when you can really see it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mainly shoot it for the depth and the color science, I would say. I don't really, I'm not shooting it to blow every photo up on a billboard. And obviously, I think that's most people's kind of, when they think of high megapixel sensors, uh, that's usually what it's for, right? But I, um, is the megapixel count, but I, I mainly am focused on the sensor size and how that kind of reads the scene. I really do think it looks a lot different than like a full frame camera, for example, yeah. or APS-C. Yeah. So I think when people ask me why I shoot on it, it's mainly that I would say it's not really like the hundred megapixels. Like I could care less about that. Uh, and honestly, if you're getting into the GFX system, I'd probably get the 50. If you don't really, if you don't need the, the hundred megapixels, which most people don't, I also love the hundred megapixels for cropping and I crop a ton of my photos. That was the other question I had. Yeah. Yeah. I crop a ton of my photos and I don't think people realize how many, how much I crop sometimes. And you know, the most, the most, or the greatest thing about it is, you know, I don't need very many lenses for it. I can shoot on like a, I have a 32 to 64 right. and I have a 45 to 100 coming in the mail. And between those two zoom lenses, like I can crop so much and it looks great. Like it's not, yes. Is it technically, you know, not optically like a 200 mil? Sure. But like, it's, it's really great what you can do with just one camera and one lens. Do you feel like there's a certain type of photographer that the medium format, like the GFX and other, you know, medium format digital cameras are kind of meant for? Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely a look um, and it's a specific mm -hmm. kind of look. Um, like to me, like I can pretty quickly tell if someone's shot on a full frame versus a medium format sensor. It just, it, it just looks, okay. there's a different look to it. I don't know if it's for anybody specific. I mean, I, I've heard more and more people, you know, in LA are shooting a lot more on the GFXs now. Um, but people also shoot a ton on Nikon. People, like the Z9 is incredible. People shoot on uh, R5s. Mm -hmm. Like people shoot on Sony's. Like it's whatever really fits your workflow, I think. I think if you're, again, if you're shooting a lot of fast-paced action stuff, the GFX doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, for the way that I shoot um, and the jobs that I get hired for, I don't need to shoot like insanely fast. So I would say, you know, it's mm -hmm. definitely, you know, five to eight frames per second would be ideal. And I think that's what the new one has. Um, yeah. But the one I have right now, you know, it's it's slow, yes, but it's, you know, you work within the limitations of I think what you have. Um, but yeah, I mean, every camera's, like I, I think at that level, like especially the, the high-end full frame level, like they're all really good. Um, and the, the mm -hmm. medium format, I think mainly people are buying it for the different look that it has. Um, and also the colors that you get with a Fuji RAW versus something else. You were not kidding about the Topo Chico. I, no. It oh, dude. dude, I don't kid about the topo. No, I've held back so many burps in the mic. I've wanted to burp every single time in the microphone. Just... <laughs> yeah, no, the, I'm, I'm, 
I'm so happy we're doing this with you, Sam, because if this was um, a stranger, I would feel so much more embarrassed. I'm happy that we can we can just be our <laughs> oh, carbonated good. selves over Please. here. <laughs> I was drinking one of these. Have you guys ever had these? It's like a it's like a yuzu no. ginger no. sparkling water. They sell at Whole Foods. They're so good. Not sponsored, but so I wouldn't like to be if someone Sanzo. wants to send this to me. <laughs> You're so good. Yeah, Sanzo and Topo Chico, if you guys um, want to just drop yeah, us a thanks. line, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. with death because they do podcasts, right? <laughs> Dude, outside of your work and like everything like technical and YouTube that we've, we've chatted about so far, how are you doing right now? Just like on a personal level. Dude, I'm really good, man. I, I, I really... I think like over the last couple of years, I've just been like living a lot of life and, uh, I've, I've just, I don't know. I've, I feel like my, I've really div- dove into like what makes me happy and like what I'm interested in on a personal level and weirdly break, like separate work for a second. Like it, it's actually like made my work better because I've focused on what I like to do. Um, cooking mm-hmm. has been a huge uh, journey for me over the right. last like three or four years and, I've really, really got into it the last couple of years and, um, I'm looking to do some pop-ups this year and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm even considering making a cooking channel on YouTube. It's going to be, it would be a lot of work, but I, Whoa. it's definitely something that I'm interested in. Cause I feel like it would just be fun. I've been very inspired. Uh, Willem is Willem Verbeek, a good friend of mine. He just started a car channel and I've been very inspired by, you know, talking to him about it. And he's like, dude, I just want to do something that's not photography related. I'm like, that sounds kind of fun. Uh, so I mm-hmm. have considered doing something with cooking. I don't really know what that is yet, but it's, that's been a really fun journey for me. And, um, switching it back to work from the cooking, like I've been shooting a lot more restaurants, which has been so fun. Um, and that's really mm-hmm. something I want to focus on. Um, you know, I just love the art of cooking and I love, you know, the restaurants in California are, are very exciting and progressive and kind of pushing the envelope. So I love to be able to be in that room and take photos of it. I actually have a really cool restaurant I'm shooting next week that uh, just got a Michelin star. So that's like my first Michelin star restaurant oh, that I'm shooting. Whoa. It's up, up the coast a little bit. Um, but yeah, man, Dang. it's been, yeah, it's, that journey has been really fun for me and I am excited to like really continue that this year. Like, I don't know where it's going to go or what, you know, kind of has in store for me, but it's, it's been really fun to kind of dive into that, that world. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, Eric's definitely felt the same way with his running channel that he has totally started did. in the last, about a year ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's nice to just have something very focused and intentional where you can use all the skills you've developed over a decade oh yeah man. just like pour into this one thing that so many other people love as well so totally dude. It, yeah if it's any encouragement to you like definitely definitely think about starting the cooking okay. and, then, and then it'll probably take over everything <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be great honestly um but yeah it's, like, just, I, honestly, it's so fulfilling like in the sense that you talk like you're talking about getting like the privilege of being able to shoot at a restaurant but then when you can like bring it in house and you're like, you're doing it all in your own space, you're like, oh, well, totally. this is awesome. You know, yeah. like I'm making yeah. all the things I, I've wanted to make, but then photographing it all too in this, all these environments I love. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I've like kind of built out, like preemptively built out a little bit of like a space where I can shoot in my backyard. Um, obviously it's really nice to be able to cook outside most of the year here. Cause it's so nice. Yeah. Um, it's uh, coincidentally actually been, we got a foot of rain in the last week, which is I don't know if you've seen the news at all, but it's wild. Like no, uh, a first foot Sunday, of rain, maybe like 10 inches, but dude, we got like seven inches in 36 Still? hours. Yeah. It was wild. Uh, so it's sunny nice. right now, which is great, Whoa. but I, I've built out kind of like an outdoor cooking space in my backyard with like a nice, like 
butcher block countertop and I have a pizza oven back there. So right. I, I really want to mm-hmm. maybe just shoot outside if I can, um, instead of like shooting in the kitchen. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot that I'm interested with that. I, I, my, I guess my girlfriend and I, Jaden have been together for two years now. So that's been, that's been really wonderful and a really, uh, exciting awesome. time in my life. Yeah. We've been having a lot of fun. We've been traveling a ton together, which she loves to travel just as much as me. So I feel like I've met my match a little bit with her. Um, but it's been, <laughs> it's been, yeah, it's been great, man. Like, honestly, I really can't complain. That's life awesome. has been, yeah, life has been very, very great to me the last couple of years. Hope the same for you guys. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah no, it's been good. It's good to hear, man. It, so is the Sam Elkins photo book or the Sam Elkins cookbook coming out first is the real <sighs> question. I don't know. Probably photo book, honestly. <laughs> I I would but love man, to shoot. Wouldn't that be such a sick thing? Like shoot Dude, your own cookbook s- with your own recipes? Sick. Like that'd be so sick. It'd be very cool. Yeah, I want to like, I really want to explore the food side of things and just see what happens because everyone cooks. Everyone, you know, makes food or is interested. Food brings people together. Um, so that's definitely something that I'm gonna see what i can do with this here i'm not really sure yet what what that is but um yeah we shall see yeah but so many so many of the best cooks don't have the skill set to market their stuff to other people like that's just so powerful like it's insane that like you like you're gonna make un like unbelievable you already i know i've already seen your instagram of the food (laughs) stuff like you're gonna make stuff look gorgeous and you're gonna make it that much more appealing and so if the quality's there on the food side, like then it's just so much more elevated in a way that virtually nobody else can do unless mm-hmm. they're hiring a whole team. So you have this crazy unfair advantage and you just like press on the gas on that. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, man. Talk about the R5. I've, <laughs> I've like, re- I've had to, the record limits on these things are kind of annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That is Can definitely be great if you fix that. that yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Definitely a reason we're uh, interested in, in, probably switching over to something a little yeah what are you guys what are you guys using are you switching over to something or we're still all canon between eric and i and uh gene um Mm -hmm. but yeah we're i gene has already made the shift into like fx3 territory with sony Um, i've heard great things and yeah yeah i mean it's an excellent little camera and going back to like travel and size and weight being a factor for stuff sometimes you just want like a small camera to bring along and totally it's nice to have options like that that have a ton of features have no record limit have great image quality but it's like a super compact little thing oh, so it's definitely nice. something I'm, I'm looking into but yeah you know c70 yeah uh, <laughs> yes oh, big cinema camera <laughs> talk about a camera i regret selling bro like that the color on that thing is just unbelievable like if you don't mind lugging it around yeah. it's it's second to none yep. yeah i no. don't mind i the, like it yeah no the image <laughs> is truly just insane out of that thing it's no, so it's, gorgeous it's beautiful we won't take any more of your time sam <laughs> we really appreciate you man and uh oh, dude, yeah it's a pleasure. just all the wisdom and insight and yeah all, i mean it thanks for sharing all the personal stuff too i think a lot of people are kind of in that moment in their careers you know and, and I guess our, our generation of late twenties, early thirties, just kind of being mm-hmm. like, yeah, I got into this in one sense, but I'd like to diversify in a little bit of a different way. So absolutely, um, yeah, I'm excited. I, we're excited to explore that with, with more guests this year and mm-hmm. just appreciate you kind of jumping in. We haven't had too many guests recently on the podcast. So, um, yeah, we're honored to have you, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you so much. It's, it's always fun talking to you guys. Uh, great to see you're doing well. And I, I've obviously, I need to come to Chicago that that needs to happen. 
ASAP. Yes, please. Dude, yes. <laughs> We're going to plan a, a, a pretty sweet restaurant tour when you're out here so we that can sounds uh, great. show you the city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure you watch The Bear if you haven't already before you come here. Oh my gosh. Wait. Yeah. How, how can't believe we got this far. We didn't talk about The Bear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually watched it. I don't want like a big TV guy, but I, I've, so many people oh. have told me to watch it. Yeah. You Dude, will like that it, one. You, you will love it. You'll love it. You definitely check it out. Yeah. Okay. I will. <laughs> well, if you've made it this far in the episode and you somehow don't know who Sam is, We'll leave links in the description. Check out his website. Check out his work. He's an absolute legend, and he's one of the kindest people we know. Uh, and we're really grateful to have him back on today. So appreciate you watching the show. Leave a like. Leave a comment. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Ciao.